In Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, Paul explains the whole purpose of God's grace to believers when he says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly and righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. The month of October, uh, traditionally in many churches, is Reformation Month. And so we celebrate it here. Most people know that on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to, or theses to the Wittenberg door, which was, uh, you know, the match to gunpowder and ignited the Reformation. At first, Luther was just wanting to see a few reforms in the Roman Catholic Church. There were some things that bothered him, and he was wondering uh, about their scriptural basis and if they should continue. And so he wrote these statements, these propositions, wanting to see you know, what people might say, get into some dialogue. Well, he started the spiritual firestorm that Luther was unwilling to put out because what he had stated was founded in Scripture. Fewer people know, though, about a key event in Luther's life that happened 16 years previous. And it led to his convictions and what happened in the Reformation. In 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 1456... Rodrigo Borgia was named cardinal. He was a wicked man. He was grossly and unashamedly immoral. His immorality only increased when he became Pope Alexander VI in 1492, the infallible vicar of Christ on earth. And Alexander lived in open, flaunting promiscuity and licentiousness. And after a hideous death, Alexander was succeeded by Pope Pius III, who lasted less than a year before dying of an infection in his leg caused by what many people thought was poison. Pius III was succeeded by Pope Julius II, who continued the indulgent lifestyle that Alexander had left him. It was on October 30th, 1501, 16 years before the Wittenberg door incident, that a young Roman Catholic month full of, full of idealism, full of passion, full of excitement that he was finally going to see holy Rome made a pilgrimage to Rome and he had to walk on foot for weeks to get there. Philip Schaff in his history of the Christian church writes when Luther came in sight of the eternal city, he fell upon the earth, raised his hands and exclaimed, hail to thee, holy Rome, thrice holy for the blood of martyrs shed here. He passed the colossal ruins of heathen Rome and the gorgeous palaces of Christian Rome, but he ran like a crazed saint through all the churches and crypts and catacombs with an unquestioning faith in the legendary traditions about the relics and miracles of martyrs. End quote. 
Schaff goes on to explain that Luther wished his parents were dead so he could help them out of purgatory by offering up masses in holy places and by crawling up the 28 steps of the Scala Santa, supposedly the same steps that Pilate stood on when he sentenced Jesus to crucifixion. Rome had told people that they could receive indulgences by visiting certain uh, holy sites, by doing certain religious acts, by suffering certain pains, or by purchasing indulgences with money. These indulgences were kind of like spiritual credits, which would, could be credited to your own account, or you could have a priest credit them to someone else's account who has already died and who was then suffering in purgatory. Luther was giddy thinking he was in such a, a rich field of harvest of indulgences and that he could surely collect many of them and use them for good deeds. Luther, Schaff says, quote, was favorably struck indeed with the business administration and po- uh, police regulations of the papal court, but shocked by the unbelief, levity and immorality of the clergy. Money and luxurious living seemed to have replaced apostolic poverty and self-denial. He saw nothing but worldly splendor at the court of Pope Julius II. Luther's impression was that, quote, Rome, once the holiest city, was now the worst, end quote. Schaff tells us that in spite of all this, Luther's faith in the Roman Catholic Church was not shaken, But that later on, these experiences, quote, returned to his mind afterward with double force and gave ease and comfort to his conscience when he attacked and abused popery as an institution of the devil. Hence, he often declared that he would not have missed seeing Rome for a hundred thousand forens, for I might have felt some apprehension that I had done injustice to the Pope. But as we see, so we speak, said Luther. And when Luther visited the papal court, he was shocked to discover that the servants were all beautiful young women who served the Pope, his cardinals, and bishops without clothing. And that the so-called vicar of Christ and the most holy leaders of the Roman Catholic Church were nothing but children of hell. These experiences ruminated in Luther's mind and tormented him. How could the spring and source of the Roman Catholic Church be so corrupt? What did all of this mean? And once he had come to true saving faith, his experiences in Rome caused the fire of reformation to burn within him. He no longer wanted to reform the Roman Catholic Church, for he had come to the firm conclusion that Roman Catholicism, the Pope, the bishops and cardinals were antichrist. In the aftermath of the Reformation firestorm, five doctrinal convictions remained like purified gold, one of them being the the Reformation cry of sola gratia which means by grace alone. The biblical teaching that salvation was by grace through faith alone. It had been buried 
and smothered in the darkness of men-made religions for centuries. Salvation, Luther discovered from his study of the scriptures, was not obtained by keeping the sacraments and was not obtained by personal piety and penance and was not obtained by buying or earning indulgences or doing any religious deeds, but was the free gift of God's grace to unworthy sinners and that alone. Luther was God's instruments to excavate the truth, which had been buried by centuries of a corrupt church. And he labored relentlessly to make sure that people knew salvation was by grace and to put the scriptures into people's hands so that they could read it for themselves in the pages of God's word. It was not a grace in the Roman Catholic sense of the word, which is favor given to sinners so that they can try to earn their salvation. But grace in a biblical sense, unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor God gives to sinners. Which saves them apart from any works at all. Our works, Luther learned, were to be offered to God in love and gratitude for having saved us. And so here Calvary Bible Church stands today teaching and preaching the same thing that Luther discovered in his study of the scriptures, that salvation is by grace through faith alone.